Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Paul Kingsnorth, a writer who lives in the west of Ireland. He is a former deputy editor of The Ecologist and co-founder of The Dark Mountain Project. If you listen to Under the Skin on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It helps more people find us and we love reading them out. In this part we talk about... Is there something mythic occurring in the world right now? Yeah, this is a kind of cultural analysis you guys are going to enjoy. And the decline of the West and the lack of a central binding myth. As you know, if you're a fan of Under the Skin, these are the kind of themes that really excite us. What is the deeper reality that we are not accessing? Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not a successful route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. One of the things I've discovered and and learning about is there a place for us? What are we now? Now that there is no, what is the home for people that believe in freedom and, and recognise now that that rhetoric is being sort of held in places that we wouldn't usually have migrated towards? I'm speaking specifically of, you know, the political right and libertarianism those of us that believe in mm, social justice egalitarianism sharing uh, love um, decentralization but a need for regulation of big business well who are we now what do we believe in post pandemic what's happening to this fractured landscape and if this takes you the whole podcast to answer paul i'm happy to shut up you want me to answer all those questions in order or should we just should we just dive in um it's a good question isn't it um so the place to start is probably with language, actually. And I'm a writer primarily, and language is what I do, and language is what I like. And the aim of a writer, I think, is to write the perfect sentence. If I could write the perfect sentence, I'd die happy. Um, haven't managed it yet. But, you know, as well as writing about this uh, kind of the state of things at the moment, which I feel drawn to do, I've written novels and I've written poetry. And so I'm really interested in how words are used and how language is used. And so a lot of what you just said there is is kind of categorization, right? So we're talking about the right and the left and social justice and egalitarianism and all these things. And, you know, libertarianism. And you say, oh, the word freedom has been hijacked by these people. So I don't like that word. Um, and this is what everyone's playing with all the time. And language is what we use to define who we are and, and the landscape we live in. And, you know, you've, you've talked about this yourself. Um, in fact, you talked about it recently with the, with with regard to this notion of misinformation, right? This, this propaganda term that, that is being used or is being fought over. So we, we fight over the notion of what misinformation is so that certain types of people get to tell us what kind of information is acceptable and who therefore can't be listened to. Um, and I think if we look at the whole, say, political landscape or cultural landscape like that, then, that's, then, then what we see is an endless fight over the language in which we try to define ourselves or or a fight over the boxes that other people want to put us into. So the terms left and right are good, uh, a good example of that. And what do they mean? Could anybody seriously sit down now and define what right wing is or what left wing is? And could they then go out onto the street and get 10 other people to agree with them? Probably not. Um, at least since 2016, that stuff's been exploding. And probably long before that, it didn't mean anything. I mean, back in the 80s in Britain, you kind of knew what the left was and you knew what the right was. You don't know anymore. You don't know at all because things are moving all over the spectrum, if there even is a spectrum. And that's because the, the culture is shifting so fast. All of the old assumptions are collapsing. The economy's doing all sorts of things. But more broadly, I think across the West, we just 
are so confused about what we are and who who we are and where we're going and who's in control that it's almost impossible to put yourself into a category. And so that seems to have had two effects as far as I can see. Firstly, there's a lot of people like me and like you and probably like a lot of your listeners who do feel politically homeless. There's a group of people out there who think I'm very right wing. There's another group of people who think I'm very left wing. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't accept either of those labels. But the other thing it's done is it's obviously created this enormous polarisation where people think they have to get into one tribe or the other and then throw bricks at the other tribe, which means that you're not listening to them. And that's the culture war. And then with COVID in particular, that seems to have the whole narrative about the pandemic slotted into that pre-existing thing, you know, where, where if you love freedom, it's because you're a fascist. And if you if you don't want to wear a mask, it's because you don't mind if people die. And then then the whole argument about whether you should take a vaccine or not, which ought to be pretty un- uncontroversial, becomes this kind of dumpster fire of culture war stuff because people some people anyway, and this is totally driven by social media, as far as I can see, want to have fights. They want to get into this 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 stuff. And it's it, we got to the point around COVID towards the end of last year, whereas I found myself, it's almost impossible to speak without, you know, try saying, try saying 10 words in order around COVID and see how many thousand people jump on you. So we've got to a point where language is almost broken down in some way. So the challenge is almost to find spaces where you can actually talk to people get heard and then work out what you're trying to say what they're trying to say and also what you think because if we're in a hugely polarized time it's almost impossible to to just to sit down and say well i'm not sure about that or i'm working out what i think about that because you know one slip of language and you're cancelled uh you're in that kind of state so it's it's a very hard place to be but yeah we i think we are in a kind of um we're just in a huge pregnant widow moment. You know, the king is dead. The widow is pregnant. We don't have it. We don't have an heir. We don't know what's going on. Um, and so it's we're not in a time where we can actually work anything out. I think we're in a time where we're in, a, we're in, we're in flux. We're moving from one state to another. And we don't know what, the, what things are going to look like in even five years time. And that, that so a lot of people feel like there's a huge amount of stake, which might be another reason for the kind of the venom. It's always kind of assumed there's a, a, a generational grandiosity in the assumption that it is us that's enduring and confronting the end times. But how can you dispute that idea with everything you've already described? You touched upon the fight for language, which I suppose could be seen as the literally the intermediary terrain through which we can connect with one another. And you also mentioned, Paul, the ideological collapse. And with these sort of mutating and shifting values with and, and, and the inability to establish clear taxonomies or even sort of basic codes, definitions, does that point to that sort of epochal idea of a kind of a, a lack of a binding myth is even though we're experiencing this through like first Trump Brexit and you know I'm sure you know perhaps preceding that they were clear markers now most vividly the sort of um, the divisions around coronavirus that you've described do you think that it does point to you know you've already used that like very um, potent and poignant image of the pregnant widow is there something mythic occurring now and if you believe that, what aspect of our nature do we need to access in order to find a place where we can hmm, resource some uh, t- 
tools to navigate this liminal space you've described? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and that's exactly where we are. I think we are almost, to me now, the only thing that makes sense is looking at it through a, a kind of mythic framework, through a spiritual framework, to use that horrible word in a way, that can mean everything and nothing. Really like this. I mean, I, I suppose I've been writing quite a bit about this recently. So, you know, there's a lot of talk around about the decline of the West and the collapse of the West and this kind of stuff, right? Which I think you're right, is obviously happening in, in some very clear ways. Um, so we're in a kind of cultural collapse where all the forms that we we thought we knew are falling apart and we can't agree on new ones. So there is no binding story. So we can sit around and talk about, you know, we the people, or we can sit around and talk about our country or whatever we consider our group of people to be. But there isn't, they don't really hold together in a way that maybe they held together once. If you look back at the mythological story of, of this thing called the West that we apparently live in, you discover that the only reason to talk about anything called the West is because it was the domain of the, of the church. It was the Christian, it was Western Christendom. That's what we're talking about. So Eastern Christendom is the Orthodox Byzantine Empire, and then Western Christendom is the domain of the Pope. And that was the case for pretty much a thousand years. So for better or for worse, whatever your view on that, the, the morals, the ethics, but more importantly than that, the, the kind of un, the cosmological story of all of our people for a thousand years was the story of Christianity. It's the story of Christ at the center. It's the story of the fall and the resurrection and all of these things that we, we, we know, even now we know them. And from, say, the Reformation onwards, but certainly from the Enlightenment and the Industrial Revolution, that story started collapsing and fragmenting. And by the time we got to the 20th century, most people in the West were walking away from it. And we've now got to the point, I think, where, you know, certainly in Britain, I mean, it's just not a religious country, certainly not a Christian country. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin.